more coronavirus madness. Can you believe we're still talking about this? Plus, Lieutenant Colonel James Carafano comes on the show tonight. What's all this Russia-Ukraine stuff? What seems like it's escalating. All that and more coming up on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. It is time for some COVID communism. Firefighters. That's what you're looking at there. Firefighters from across America coming together in Washington, D.C. to protest COVID-19 mandates. Over 30,000 people in Washington this weekend. And as I watched it, I was watching the news just like you were, looking at the crowds, looking at things like that. I had some thoughts. And here it is. I think those of us who have been spared the real COVID insanity, I think it's easy for us, at least I'm talking about myself here, maybe I'm talking about you, I think it's easy for us to forget what other people have been put through because of the government. And this is what I mean. I live in Texas. I don't know where you live, but I live in Texas. Not only that, I live outside of the cities in Texas. And my job is I work for the first, and I work for iHeart. My radio shows through iHeart. That's a long way of saying I haven't had to go through COVID madness, really. Maybe a little bit in the beginning. They took down the outdoor basketball hoops where I live, but my kids aren't in school with masks on. Obviously, here at the first, they're not threatening my job because I don't want to take a vaccine. They let me come say whatever I want every day. You know, I get to say whatever I want on the radio every day. No one's making me take anything. That's been my story. Now, yeah, I can sit back and look and, and be mad about what's happening to other people. But personally, the past two years, I've been fine. Maybe that's your situation. And I don't know, maybe I'm having some survivor's guilt. Maybe that's what this is. But as I watched those firefighters, it honestly, it occurred to me, this past two years has been a disaster for so many people, and it's just not right. Firefighters across the United States of America, especially in these big blue urban hell holes, have watched their jobs go away. Friends they rely on to save lives get fired because they didn't want to take something. Healthcare workers, you know, we forget about this. I have several people in my family who are in this situation. Joe Biden essentially fired every unvaccinated healthcare worker in America. And of course, the Supreme Court, thanks to that loser, Brett Kavanaugh, upheld the decision. Healthcare workers, they showed up to work. Imagine this, showing up to work. Maybe this is your situation. Every single day to save lives through the COVID-19 insanity, only to be told two years later, take the jab or get, get out. How unjust, how not right it is. The people who have done this to us, they need to be punished. And I I need to be really clear about this. Those who were maybe fooled in the beginning, but came around and stuff like that, I'm not talking about those. The people, the bureaucrats and government officials who have pushed this insanity on our society, who have crushed so many lives, there needs to be some form of accounting. I don't know whether that's hearings, trials, or what... It's not good enough as a society to simply look around and say, oh, I just hope it all goes away. I just want to forget about it. 
There must be an accounting for what has been done in this society. Look at these people. These are the counter-protesters to the COVID-19 mandates. Look at the mental health crisis we have going on in this country. I love Fauci! We love Fauci! I love Fauci! I love Fauci! I love Fauci! seems nice. Probably a big winner on the dating scene. You know who else is, I'm sure, very, very pleasant to live around and be around is this lady losing her mind about masks in the grocery store. Let's get those kids something. Hit that husband. I hope they can breathe. Wouldn't want to bring anything down. Super spreaders. I bet you voted for Trump, didn't you? Woo! Truckers! Woo! Yeah, they don't wear masks. We don't cover their hands! Woo! Hey, let's see this! My name's Word is that there's a 56-year-old man in Massachusetts who had hot coffee tossed on him by a 23-year-old in a coffee shop for not wearing a mask as well. Look, I, I, I could make the whole show videos like this, and honestly, I'm mostly tempted to just make fun of those crazy women, but let's, let's talk about the state of our nation here. I know I'm not talking about you in particular, but let's, let's just talk about this. Are we Okay. Are we strong enough to continue on? Look at what it's done to us. Look at what it's done to so many people. And I know this doesn't apply to you personally, so it's hard to really feel it, but how many people in this society have just simply completely lost their minds? And why, in our society in particular, were people so susceptible to losing their minds? I'm really sorry to say this, it appears that even other European nations who you'd think would be behind us on the whole freedom thing, they're doing better. Freaking England. England has come out and said, well, I mean, hey, let's be honest, natural immunity is better. We're not saying that here. We're still pushing insanity. And I'm about to play you a little clip of Dr. Fauci, of course, calling for another booster and whatnot. And yeah, I can despise Dr. Fauci, and he's one of the ones who should be put on trial. There's no question about it. But I want to know more than... Okay, Dr. Fauci's an evil, power-hungry little troll. We all get that. Why did the nation listen? Why were so many people anxious to listen? Why did people hear this man and go along with the panic? You were going to see breakthrough infections, as we've seen now, even in boosted people. But for the very most part, they're mild or even asymptomatic. That's where we would like to be, is to have that where you don't have to get 
more and more always every six months with a booster. We may need to boost again. That's entirely conceivable. We? I don't know who you're talking to, doctor. I'm several shots behind by this point in time. But again, how did people, how do people hear this insanity? Him being wrong time and time and time again. Maybe you were fooled in the beginning once or twice, but him being wrong time and again. How are people still buying into this? I mean, let's check in on the most vaccinated country in the world, Israel. Uh, yeah, they have the highest record of coronavirus per capita on the entire planet. They're also the max- most vaccinated country. Do the math on that. Do the math on it. Why have we just been so accepting of this insanity? Why did we let it push so many people over the edge? Why did we let this career bureaucrat continue to go on television and talk about abusing your children? There are some schools who are removing the mask mandate and leaving that up to parents. Are those kids safe? Is it safe to send your kids back to school without masks? Well, Martha, as we know, the CDC strongly recommends that when you're in a situation in the school, we want to get the children back to school. And the way you do that, you do it by multiple things that you do. You surround the children with people who are vaccinated. For the children who are eligible to be vaccinated, get them vaccinated and provide in the school masks where you can have children protected, as well as ventilation to make sure that you can get a respiratory infection at its lowest level of infectivity. All of those things go together, and masking is a part of that. This is weaponized child abuse. This is child abuse on a national scale. And I'm sorry, I don't separate it out just because he's not some drunken father backhanding his child at night. I don't make this any different just because you're wearing glasses and you got a fancy lab coat and fancy titles and you do it on national television. We have decided as a nation to abuse our children. Kids are okay as long as they're around people who are vaccinated. How does that make sense when even the CDC admits vaccinated people get and spread coronavirus? So What's he talking about then? Why? Well, listen to Governor Kathy Hochul, and I want you to, I want you to, we're going to have a hard talk about something. I know people are tired, but I also will say one thing about the kids. My daughter had a meltdown over having to put sneakers on to go to kindergarten. She got used to wearing sneakers in school. They just, they, they adapt better than adults do. That's fine. They adapt. All right, you ready? You realize child suicides have gone through the roof in this country? And I'm going to tell you something else. Child suicides didn't go through the roof in this country, you know, yesterday. Well, it's been two years. It's too long. They're too nervous. Child suicides began to skyrocket the second you started putting masks on your children. The second you let them watch the news and they found out everyone was dying, there are people dying in the streets. The second you sat down with your child and said, wear a mask or you'll kill your grandmother. The second you sent your child home from school to try to learn math in front of a a computer screen. Oh no, you can't go play with your friends, Billy. There's a virus out there. We have decided as a nation that our children are nothing more than cannon fodder in the fight against the disease. And I thought we were better than that. 
maybe maybe that's naive. Maybe maybe it's I wished we were better than that. But we looked to our kids and we decided to just rip them apart. And it's not like they're stopping. The state of California California right now, they have a bill on the table. They'll allow children 12 and up to get vaccinated without their parents' consent. That's how crazy we are. We have lost our minds in this country right now. And look, let's be honest. This is communism. It's just a medical version of it. It is a religion. I have to keep reminding myself of that when I remind you of it. Because you look at these people, the crazy people screaming in the grocery store, screaming in the bands, Dr. Fauci, nutso. And we say to ourselves, how could people lose their minds? People throughout history have lost their minds over religion. And people throughout history have abused other human beings in the name of their religion. Here's a doctor on CNN. You tell me this person's okay. What do you think about lifting school mask mandates right now? Well, look, this is the most highly transmissible variant we've seen. We've got something on the order of measles. And and therefore, if you start lifting mask mandates now, you're basically condemning all the kids to get infected with Omicron and and having to live with those consequences, which mean that some kids will have to be hospitalized or, or possibly worse. So it makes no sense to lift mask mandates at this point. That's what's so crazy about this. That's what's so crazy about what's happened in this country. And I think that's why so many people have lost their minds. Doctor, you see the white lab coat, see all the little letters by his name. You think to yourself, man, these are our guys. I mean, doctors have been revered, honestly, throughout history, from small tribes to big nations. If you have a doctor, doctor always has a special place, right? The one who keeps you healthy, the one who gets you healthy. Our doctors... We have a major, major problem going on in this country because our doctors, the people whose opinion it's given extra weight, they've been the worst people in this entire pandemic, and that's a disgrace. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We have Lieutenant Colonel James Carafano coming on next. This Russia-Ukraine stuff, I'll be honest with you, I, I am worried. This has the potential to go someplace we really, really don't want it to go. Then I'm going to share my concerns with him. We'll get an update on what's going on. Why is all this happening? All that's coming up here in just a second. But first, do you own a home? If you own a home, pay attention. I own a home. And something I didn't realize was my home title was online. I just, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm getting old. I don't know. I just assumed it was still a piece of paper in the bank somewhere. It's online. They're all in the cloud out there. And because there are people, their job is theft, cyber theft, online theft. As we speak, they're browsing the internet because home title theft is the crime that is sweeping through this country because it's such easy money for them. They hack into your home title and forge your signature on it. It's nothing for them. And then they just go shopping for a lending institution or several. They take loans out against your home and take off with the money. You start getting eviction notices in the mail. It's that big of a deal. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. See if you're already a victim of it. There's a chance you are and you don't already know it. Put in your address. It's free. While you're there, sign up to get protected. Use the promo code RADIO and get protected. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable. If it invades, and it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion.
recursion, and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, et cetera. But if they actually do what they're capable of doing with the force amassed on the border, it is going to be a disaster for Russia. One thing, if it's just a minor incursion, just dipping the toe in the water. Joining me now, we need an expert in here, Lieutenant Colonel James Carafano. He's, of course, Vice President for National Security and Foreign Policy at Heritage Foundation. Colonel, obviously not Joe Biden's finest moment. It was a rough presser anyway, but telling the enemy what apparently he's been discussing privately is generally frowned upon when it comes to foreign policy. Well, so there's there's two points here that that probably need to be made. One is we are way past, you know, a, a tiny incursion versus an all-out war. The, the reality is, is if a Russian soldier steps over the line, the Ukrainians are going to be at war and 44 million Ukrainians are going to be fighting them. So th this is going to, if there's a war, it's going to be a big war. If, if the Russians just wanted to, you know, take a gas station or something, you know, they'd have been lots, they could have just done that and, and probably it would have been over before anybody noticed. But now the entire world is watching. So as far as the Ukrainians are concerned, there's just, there's war or no war. There's no in between. So even trying to make that distinction, is stupid, but but put that, that's point one. Point two is the president said that, and then the secretary of state absolutely went out and said something 180 degrees different, which is if the Russians attack, it, it's a problem. We're in the middle of a crisis and, and the president and the secretary of state can't get on the same page. So that's a big problem. So I, this none of this gives me warm and fuzzies about this administration's ability to deal with this crisis. Colonel, everything else aside, we're going to get back to all that here in just a moment. Can you just from a neutral observer standpoint, Ukraine's military capability versus Russia's or military capability? Obviously, everyone knows Russia is a lot bigger, a lot more powerful. Is Ukraine virtually useless? Can they make this a fight? What is their military capability? Well, well, there's 44 million Ukrainians, uh, and and they are armed, and they're getting now. We're finally giving them arms and ammunition. If if the Russians want to fight, then the worst thing that could happen is they don't just win. And for them to win, they would have to really pound Ukraine, which means they'd have to establish air supremacy, which they would have to do with, with uh, aircraft and bombing. And they would have to do an immense amount of destruction in order to be able to confidently invade the Ukraine. So there's, there's no way this doesn't wind up being an incredibly bloody war and there aren't millions of refugees pouring into the rest of Western Europe. Matter of fact, there already are millions of refugees from the last war in the Ukraine. So there's no way this doesn't wind up being a big bloody war if they cross the line. And, and here's the other problem. All right. But, which is, when does it end? I mean, this could wind up being Russia's Afghanistan. The Ukrainians are going to continue to fight. And that those insurgencies will be based on countries like Poland, which aren't going to stop them from doing that, are the Russians then going to start bombing Poland? You know, so it gets it gets pretty scary pretty quickly. 
All right, Colonel, I know this is a little bit outside of the norm, but I'm, I'm trying to look at this right now from Vladimir Putin's standpoint. From what I understand about Vladimir Putin, he's not politically the most popular guy in the world. He maintains his hold on power by being Mr. You know, strong man, bring Russia back kind of thing. Right. If you're Vladimir Putin, you've got your army amassed at the border, you're making all these threats, you're saber rattling. How does one back out now with no violence and still maintain his hold on power? Does that make sense? I, 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 yeah. Is there a way out where Vladimir Putin doesn't look like a big softy? Yeah, sure. He could do nothing and pull the troops home. And, and then he'll just say, look, I scared them. I mean, he's, look, he's already won in the sense that he's, 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 he's rattled NATO to its core. Um, he's looked strong and powerful. Uh, he's exposed the divisions within the alliance. He's made Biden look weak and feckless. So it's it's hard to see how he he doesn't win. But but this gets to an interesting point, which is you know all the it's really up to Putin. I mean he's the only guy that can decide what happened here. You know, and I will say this is unlike Tojo or Adolf Hitler, Putin's been around a long time, and he's managed to avoid World War III. And. The point is, if he launches into the Ukraine, how 100% confident is he that this is going to go well and this doesn't spin it out of control and become something he can't control? You know, is the risk, because we all know he wants Ukraine back. I mean, he wants all of Eastern Europe back. But, you know, it's, you know, it's like uh, uh, Clint Eastwood. You know, I, do I have five bullets or six bullets? You know, uh, is today the day he's going to risk everything? Because Putin's been very smart. He's done a lot of things, some of them very risky, some of them very reckless, but he's never put everything on the line uh, the way you know Hitler did, for example, when he invaded Poland and, and later Russia. Uh, so I think that's something we have to think about. Colonel, this, this actually, you, hearing you talk about it made me think about this little cut I saw from Anthony Blinken about maybe we already got rolled. Watch this. Uh, the, the diplomacy, the, the consistent calls for meetings right now that the Russians are doing, uh, do you think they're genuine about diplomacy or do you think they're just essentially playing out the calendar here um, because they, he's not going to upset Xi in the Olympics? And essentially, we're making it look more legitimate by negotiating. Are you worried that he's playing us a little bit? Look, it's it, it is certainly possible that uh, the diplomacy that Russia is engaged in uh, is simply going through the motions, and it won't affect their ultimate decision about whether to invade or in some other way intervene or not in Ukraine. Colonel, it's obviously no secret countries like this. I mean, North Korea has been doing this forever. They launch yeah. a couple of missile tests, get a little bit belligerent, and then soon you have more food and money getting dropped to you from the Western nations. Is that what all this is? Well, it, well, look, it's kind of stunning. You just heard Blinken say, well, maybe this is all just for show. The entire American strategy was built around diplomacy to de-escalate the situation. And he just acknowledged that that's all maybe meaningless. And the reality is, is it is meaningless. And I could have told, I mean, anybody could have told you that three months ago. What's gonna affect Putin's ultimate calculus is strength. What is the West willing to do? If we're willing to arm the Ukraine, contribute to their self-defense, protect our own territory, not concede anything that Putin wants, that he will take notice of. The diplomacy is just 
meaningless window dressing. And to actually hear the Secretary of State say, well, yeah, it's probably just meaningless window dressing, when that's actually been the core of American strategy for two months, is kind of shocking and, and again, disturbing. Colonel, when you look at this, obviously you've, you've forgotten more about this stuff than I'll ever know. When you look at this administration, Biden and Blinken and whatnot, I mean, yes, I disagree with these guys politically on pretty much everything, but they are people who've been involved and on the world stage for like, well, forever. Uh, are they lost? Did they look confused? They look dumb. They look like someone who just stepped in and doesn't have any idea how the world actually works. Can you please explain to me what I'm looking at? Well, I, I don't know why you're surprised. Look, these are all old Obama people. They're doing exactly what they did when Obama was president, and they're having exactly the same results. So I, I don't know what 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 the, the real confusion is here. How could you expect them to be anything but? And But this actually gets to the key point, which I think people cannot forget. Why are we here? Why is there a crisis? And it, it's not a partisan comment. It's not meant to be pejorative. It's not to attack. The reality is, is we're here because of Joe Biden. This crisis would not be happening if it wasn't for Joe Biden. If he, didn't, if he didn't come into office and run away from Afghanistan, if he didn't come into office and try to push through a defense budget that didn't even cover the cost of inflation, if his officials weren't running around for months telling Europeans that if anything happens to Ukraine, that's your problem, we're not going to worry about that, we would not have, Putin would not be trying this. We had four years under Trump, Putin never tried anything like this. And the reason why is he knew he could get away with it. Why is it happening? There's only one reason why this is happening now. It's because he thinks he can put this over on the president of the United States. This, much like Khrushchev tried the Cuban Missile Crisis because he thought Kennedy was weak, Biden thinks America, that Biden's a pushover. And that's why Putin's doing this. Thank you so much, Colonel. Appreciate you giving us some time tonight. Thank you, my friend. Wish I had better news. Yeah, me too. That's disheartening. It's a, we are in bad shape internationally, I'll tell you what. All right. We had an NYPD police officer killed this weekend. Another one still fighting for his life. We're going to talk about that. And what's the response been? It's so cold. These communists, sir, they are something else. We'll get back to that in just a second. But first, you shopping for insurance, health insurance. It's the worst thing in the world. I, I, I wouldn't blame you if you just threw something at the television for me just bringing it up. I, I know. Because I've bounced around so much and had so many different careers, I know how bad it is to shop for health insurance. One, share health and make your life a lot easier. One, it's a faith-based group, which I love. Two, their options, their prices are just outstanding. And three, when you sign up, 5% of your monthly goes to our veterans suffering from PTSD. Camp Hope, PTSD Foundation. It'd be nice to pay your health insurance bill every month and know you're actually doing some good with it, No. And they have a deal right now. When you go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly and use the promo code Jesse Kelly, you get 75 bucks off your enrollment fee. All right, we'll be back. Our hearts are broken. We're in shock. Our knees are buckling. And we're angry. Because we've been here before. We're angry because we saw it coming. We're angry because we said it was going to happen and it happened again. Why is he angry? That's, of course, police union, NYPD police union chief. Why is he angry? Well, he's angry because Jason Rivera and his partner showed up at a home 
they showed up at a home, opened up the door, and there was a man there with a weapon who gunned down and killed Mr. Rivera, his partner, still fighting for his life in the hospital as we speak. Keep him in your prayers. And all that is bad enough, all that's sad enough, all that's enough to make you angry until you get to the part where, of course, this felon, this known felon, was out on probation. Right now, across the United States of America, communist DAs, communist mayors, communist governors, they are turning violent criminals loose. This is a sustained effort. And no, I will not tell you the same things everyone else tells you on the right, that this is just misguided and they're not sure. These people know exactly what they're doing. This is an attempt to destroy society by turning violent criminals loose to prey on the innocent and make people get this feeling of unease, that the world is chaotic, that, the, that everything's dangerous out there. They're looking at violent felons and saying, guys, go do your worst. Go hurt people. And they are. They're hurting people. And the new mayor of New York is Eric Adams. He has one cop dead, one in the hospital fighting for his life because of policies they put into place. And this is what Eric Adams, the new mayor of New York, had to say. We need Washington to join us and act now to stop the flow of guns in New York City and cities like New York. We have witnessed these murders and we have witnessed the failure on a federal level to stop the flow of guns to this city. We are not going to live under the gun of dangerous people in New York City. We're going to honor the memory of these, this officer lost to gun violence by standing united against these killers and those who are arming them. Officer dead, left behind a wife and child, another one fighting for his life. And the communist, he can't, he can't see it. That, that's a for, remember, Eric Adams is former NYPD, and even then, he's looking at a dead cop, crying wife, kids, and he can't make himself set aside his insane, gun-grabbing politics for even a moment. I, I've said it before, and I mean it. There's just no humanity left in these people. There's no ability to empathize at all. Everything is politics all the time. And it's not, it's not complicated why this has happened. Why crime is out of control in every single city in this country. And it's not the federal government's job to stop it. They couldn't stop it even if they wanted to. This is all taken off in the wake of the St. George Floyd riots. So whatever you changed after those riots, change it back. That's what's happening right now. But they can't. They can't make themselves do it. And it is so sad for the people who live in these cities. It's sad not just for the cops. Yeah, it's sad for them too. Think how many civilians out there right now in America. Regular citizens. People just like you and me. Think how many of them, the poor ones, are stuck in war zones right now. War zones. Think about, think about the kids. Not just New York, Chicago, New Orleans. I mean, all across the country. Think how many kids get up, throw on a book bag, walk to school, and try not to get stabbed or shot that day. I'm worried about my kids' algebra grade. They're worried about coming home alive. It's a sad state of affairs. 
It's disgusting what we've done in this country. All right, that's enough. Joining me next, primaries matter. They matter a lot. One of the worst senators in the GOP is James Lankford of Oklahoma. His primary challenger joins me next. I love this, guys. Make sure you hang on for that one. Also, something else. Whenever I see videos like these communist politicians gun grabbing and stuff like that, it doesn't make me want to give up my guns. It makes me very, very thankful to have one on me at all times. And when I have one on me, whatever I'm carrying, my weapon or my weapon and an extra mag, it's all in Northwest Retention Systems gear. NWRetention.com. They have great holsters. They have a new holster called the Outlaw. Oh, I love it. They have a Scout chest holster inside the waistband. Whatever you need, they have it at nwretention.com. But here's the thing. It's all custom made. Custom made right here in America. It's all quality. This is an America-loving family company. They make the highest quality gear I've ever had in my entire life. And when you go to nwretention.com and use the promo code JESSE, you get 10% off. Go now. We'll be back. We are also seeing now um, efforts to rename military bases across the country. The Senate, Senate Armed Service Committee voted on that uh, this week. We've seen leading voices like General David Petraeus saying it's time to stop having uh, military bases named after Confederate generals like Braxton Bragg. Is it time? I do, actually. And I think the right way to be able to do this is to be able to have a study, to be able to look at where the name come from, what, what do we need to have, to be able to take a serious look at it, and then to be able to transition. There are lots of great leaders, military leaders that are around the country, that are modern leaders, uh, that we can continue to be able to honor. That is, of course, Oklahoma Senator James Lankford. That loser decides, decided that you can just negotiate with communists. Just give them a little, and then they'll be fine. That's exactly the type of person we need to remove from office, which is why I'm excited to introduce my next guest, Nathan Dom. He's a state senator already in Oklahoma. He actually has a pair, and we need him to get rid of James Lankford. He's challenging him in a primary. Nathan, how did a great state like Oklahoma, a very red state, elect such a loser in the first place? Well, first of all, Jesse, it's great to be on with you. But as often happens with politics, uh, name ID is a lot of the battle. Um, as you know, you know as well as I do, that uh, not of the electorate is very well informed. Uh, before Senator Langford ran for Congress, he ran a youth camp here in Oklahoma, uh, the largest Christian youth camp in America. So many of those young people uh, were first eligible to vote uh, when he first ran. And so they knew the name, didn't know anything about his policies, didn't know where he stood on it because he basically ran as, hey, I'm the, the guy that will, will sit in the circle and sing Kumbaya, holding hands with the, with the left. You know, I'm, I'm willing to talk about those needed compromises as if we need to ever compromise with these communists. Uh, but it was just a matter of people not being aware of uh, his actual policy stances because he really didn't have a whole lot of them. He was just running on, hey, I'm a nice guy. Um, you know, I, I, I will be a, a part of the club up there, but I'll represent Oklahoma as a part of the club. And so I, I agree with you. There's so many rhinos up there that we need to replace. And that's why I'm in this race. Nathan, can you tell me, are you finding people more involved and interested in the primary now? Because I've been screaming it at people. Everyone's excited about the midterms. I get it. I'm excited, too. Let's get some power back from these people. But the midterms don't matter if we elect a bunch of losers like James Langford again. We need people around there to get involved in primaries. Are they more involved now in the primary process? 
Absolutely. A lot of people have had buyer's remorse with Senator Langford. Uh, they they realize now they found the scales have finally fallen off. They finally seen, uh, looked at his voting record, looked at things that he's been advocating for. Uh, but the thing that I keep telling people is I use the, the Phil Shafley quote, you know, that the Democrats are driving us off the fiscal cliff at 75 miles an hour and the Republicans are doing it at 55 miles an hour. We can't keep electing these same people. I mean, look at right now, it's, you know, Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin that are holding the Democrats accountable and holding up them from driving us off the fiscal cliff. What happens if in November, yes, we take back the House and the Senate with the same old rhinos that are going to just ease off the gas a little bit, but continue to drive us off that fiscal cliff. No, we need strong, true conservatives that will actually have the fortitude to stand up and say no. I've done that in the state legislature when the Oklahoma Republican legislature, which has 75% supermajority control, we have over 75% of the House and the Senate. We had a revenue shortfall, and what was the Republican leadership's solution? Well, we need to raise taxes. So they advocated for a half a billion dollars in new taxes. I voted no every single time. Of course, they warned me if I continued to vote no, they would uh, remove my chairmanship. They would they would push me out of the leadership position I had been elected to. They would do all those things. And I told them, I'm not up here to have a title of chairman. I'm up here to stand up for my people. So I voted no on every tax increase. And yes, eventually they took me away from that chairmanship, but that hasn't stopped me. If anything, that's made me more vocal about how we need to stop these rhinos at every level of government and elect true conservative fighters, people who will actually stand up and fight for us and fight for the Constitution. Speaking of fighting, let's talk about a bill you have involving Oklahoma sheriffs in the feds. What is this thing? So I actually have three different bills um, dealing with uh, empowering the sheriffs. Uh, sheriffs are constitutionally the most powerful law enforcement uh, entities and individuals in the country because they are directly elected by their people. And so uh, the bills that I've introduced, one of them would say that the feds cannot operate in a county in Oklahoma without the sheriff's permission. Uh, one would say that the sheriff could arrest feds if they try to confiscate firearms in their county. And another one would say that the sheriffs can recreate the posse system to call upon people uh, from their county, from the neighboring counties in cases of disaster, riot, you know, if BLM or Antifa or any of these other communists try to come into the state, um, or if the feds try to come in and violate people's individual rights, the sheriff can call up the posse. And so we shouldn't have these unelected bureaucrats, even in law enforcement, you know, federal agents, uh, you know, a thousand miles away coming into Oklahoma and dictating how we, the people in Oklahoma, live our lives or having them violating our constitutional rights. So the, sheriff, the sheriffs have this inherent right. But these bills would put it in Oklahoma law so they have that additional protection of state law to be able to back them up. Nathan, there are people out there, obviously from all over the country right now, and they want their Republican state legislatures to do something to protect them from more of this COVID insanity out there. Is there something practical somebody who's watching right now can pick up and call their state senator or state rep and say, hey, you need to push for a bill like this? What should they be telling them? Well, I think overall, I mean, uh, one of the bills that I introduced this year that I'm, um, I'm most excited about is a bill that would prohibit all social credit scores, because that's essentially what this whole COVID nonsense is about. It's about moving us towards a communist Chinese style social credit system to where they can actually protect you know, or to where they can control the lives of the people. And this is just the first step towards it. So we need to be going on the offensive 
trying to prohibit their long-term goal in this great reset that they're pushing. So that's the number one thing. Uh, but some of the other bills that I've done, I introduced a bill that would make uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine uh, available over the counter. Uh, I have introduced a bill that would uh, put uh, vaccination status as a protected class so you cannot be discriminated against for that. But ultimately, you have to find out what you think could get passed in your state legislature. But I have to say this, Jesse, you mentioned, you know, picking up the phone call, uh, picking up a phone and calling them or emailing them. The best way to put pressure on your state legislators is through social media. I hate social media. I know that they hate us conservatives, that they're trying to censor us nonstop. But if you send an email or make a phone call to your state legislator, they can delete the email. They can delete the voicemail. But if you go and you post on their social media, to where their family, their friends, people they go to church with, their other coworkers, other people see people posting and asking the question, hey, why aren't you standing up for our rights? Why aren't you opposing these mask mandates that haven't worked, that are unconstitutional? Then it actually does exert more pressure on them because it embarrasses them. Because then they actually have to publicly stand account for it rather than privately being able to email you back or ignore your phone calls or whatever the case might be. So that is the best way to actually do something. That's even better than going in person and talking with your legislator because you can exert pressure by embarrassing them because most politicians only respond to either pain or pleasure. And if they're not going to do what's right because it's the right thing, we have to exert some pain. And the best way to do that is to publicly expose them on social media. Amen. Nathan, if people want to support you against James Langford, and they should, where can they do that, please? They can go to domforsenate.com. That's D-A-H-M-F-O-R-S-E-N-A-T-E.com, domforsenate.com, slash donate if they'd like to donate. I'm on all social media platforms at Nathan Dom. Thank you, my brother. Go get him. Thank you, Jesse. 100% behind that guy. It is time to start taking out these rhinos. It is time to start taking them out with good people who believe what you and I believe. There's no other way. I've had enough of it. All right. We have a light in the mood next. You're going to <laughs> you're going to want to hang on for it. I don't know why it just gave me the giggles, something fierce. But hold on before we get to that. Eden Pure. You know why they call it the thunderstorm? The, the, the little air purifier goes right in your wall. You hardly know it's there. They call it the thunderstorm. Apparently, the geniuses who came up with this thing came up with a with technology where you don't need to replace a filter. There's no filter to replace. But it's constantly cleaning out the air, doing the same thing in your home that nature does after a thunderstorm. You know how, how good it smells outside after a thunderstorm? It happens in your home with this thing. It's amazing. I own three of them. To be honest, I'm probably going to own more. I have one in my living room, one in my bedroom, one in my son's room. It's the best thing I've ever bought in my life. I had all those big tower air purifiers forever. No more. No more. It's these little black box Eden Pure thunderstorms. And you can own three right now and save $200 on a three-pack. But you got to go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE to get that. That's $200 in savings. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. You ever have a day? Just a bad day. And I realize that the old saying goes, every, every day above ground's a good day. I, I get all that, right? You're right. Every gift is a gift from the Lord. I get it. I get it. But sometimes, man, sometimes life's hard. Preview. 
the best, the best was him walking away because you could feel it, right? You, there's not even any sound. You can't even see his face. You can just tell just, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> it sucks. All right. I'll see you tomorrow.